Welcome to the Process to Ecom Profit Podcast, where we know top-line sales just isn't enough to have the business of your dreams. Learn to run a profitable business online that doesn't run you. Welcome to the Process to Ecom Profits podcast. Today, I have one of my favorite people in the whole world. Dr. Mindy Weinstein is here to talk to us about scarcity. Uh, you might have heard Mindy Weinstein speak uh, at a lot of digital marketing conferences like Digital Summit Series. Uh, she was a, tr- a trainer for Bruce Clay. She has a massive amount of knowledge for about SEO. She actually teaches marketing at Grand Canyon University. She's got extensive mar- uh, marketing experience, but her new book is all about scarcity. And I read a lot of business books, and a lot of times I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get to the point. But I think this book was really, really great. If you have an e-commerce product, I really highly recommend you get her book um, because it has a lot of great things and it's very tactical. Um, so, Mindy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Robin. And you are also one of my favorite people. So I'm very excited to be having this conversation with you today. Well, you know, what made you, you know, like what made you decide to write on scarcity out of, you know, all the different things that you could uh, talk about in the marketing world? What made you choose that? That's a really good question. And actually, for me, you know, I was working on my PhD. So I have a PhD in general psychology. And as I was, you know, doing my research and studying and even preparing for my dissertation, I was drawn to persuasion because in marketing, you know, so much is how we position products and how we put our messages together, which there is that persuasion approach that we need to take. And so that was already really catching my attention. And as I studied more about it, I realized that out of all the different really influence tactics that exist today, scarcity is the most powerful. That's actually why my book's called The Power of Scarcity because scarcity, what it does to us as humans, it starts to invoke those primal instincts that we have that really dates back to our ancestors. We don't want resources to be scarce. We don't want to ever be told no. If something's hard to get, we want it more. And so the more I dug into my studies, I realized that, wow, this is is really complex and such a huge impact on our lives, more than we realize. And so I ended up doing my dissertation on scarcity. And then when I was done, I was done before, really like kind of before COVID kind of became so big, I was actually watching, I felt like my studies and my research and my dissertation really play out in real life. Because with the toilet paper runs and like everyone panicking about everything running out, I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is really, this is huge. And so I thought, okay, I need to make this a book. I need to get this out there so we really understand how impacted we are by scarcity. That's really awesome. So Mindy, in, in the business world, um, in the business world, um, what are some of the key uh, learnings or the teaching points from your book that... Uh, that can be, you know, applied from this general mindset uh, that we have down to the business world. Right, it's a great question. So, okay, I, I'm going to get into the different types of scarcity because that's really going to answer your question. But one of the other things, when I was thinking about again scarcity and how do I get this book out there into the business world, I already mentioned that scarcity is complex. But I also realized as I was doing my research that it can backfire. And so I felt like, you know, I think most of us know that if we say like something is 
on sale now or today only, you know, that's probably going to be helpful. Like we know those things, that's surface level. But there are so many different layers when it comes to scarcity and making it work. Like I think of it as an onion. Like you keep peeling the layers and you're like, oh, wow. Like if I have this kind of customer, this type of scarcity works. Oh, if I use this type of message too much, I'm going to lose customers. And so there's so much that goes into it. So that's really what I put into the book. But to simplify and just give you kind of just the bigger view there's really four types of scarcity that are used in the business sense. And that's supply-related scarcity, and there's demand-related scarcity, time-related scarcity, and limited edition, which limited edition is really under supply-related, but I separated that out in my book because it it's so powerful on its own. So let me walk through those and give you an example of how businesses can use it. So like for supply-related, I mean, that is truly there's some kind of distribution shortage or there's you know, you weren't prepared for the amounts of demand that was there, or there just truly was a restricted supply. Only a certain number of those products were developed and released. And so that type of scarcity, when it's supply-related, really attracts people who like want self-expression. They want to be different from everyone else. I like to call it they have a need for uniqueness because you think about people on social media, if they have something that's hard to find, because of a supply shortage, well, you know what? They're going to really flaunt that because they have it and other people don't. So it makes them different. And I actually like think about as an example, um, it's kind of a funny example, but there's been this huge hype about the Stanley Thirst Quencher. It's their 40-ounce cup. I don't know if you've heard anything about it. But it ended up becoming really popular because there was a group of bloggers that loved this cup. And I guess Stanley ended up discontinuing it. So they petitioned to Stanley to like, you know, please make this cup again. They got a certain limited amount. So I think they had 5,000 uh, quantities that the bloggers were able to get. And then they sold them to their community. They sold out like right away. And then it's funny because you see like people like on social media, like posting about it. There's a hashtag, I believe that was used like millions of times. Like it's like this huge, crazy thing because there's a supply shortage. So if you have it, you're special. So I know I'm giving you long-winded answers, but I'm trying to give you some examples. Yeah, then there's, uh, yeah, and then with demand-related scarcity, that's one where you know the the item is selling out because so many people want it and so many people like it. So it's not necessarily a distribution shortage, but it's just because of that high demand and that type of scarcity and using a message that indicates demand, which could be saying something's a bestseller, saying something's restocked, saying something um, is running out, you know, due to high demand. Like those kind of messages trigger demand-related scarcity. And that's really good for the person who wants to feel like they're part of a group and they want to conform with a certain, you know, certain individuals that they feel a connection with. They want to be part of that. And also that type of scarcity message, it helps us make shortcuts in our mind because we're like, oh, if that's popular and everyone's buying it and I don't know which particular brand to buy, but that one's almost sold out, I'm going to pick that one because there's a reason that it's so popular. So we, we automatically think that. And then there's time-related scarcity. And that one's probably the most versatile because that's really for any customer. And it is truly restricting the time. So that's when you do like your flash sales, you know, or it's 24 hours, you know, uh, you get 20% off everything. What happens then is people are competing against the clock versus against each other, but it really does work. And with that, it's just about any product. You know, I'd stay away from luxury goods on that side. 
And then the final one is limited edition. And that has a lot of the same type of appeal as supply related where it's those people who want to be unique. Like I always think of a limited edition, like, gosh, I think Kim Kardashian has done a collab with so many different brands, but like she did one with Beats. And so it was like Beats by Kim. I think that's what it was called. And it was pretty much the same thing as all the other Beats that they had, like the small ones that are more the, the earbuds but a different color. And oh, they sold out right away because it was limited edition. And then everyone's, you know, they have that self-expression. And so kind of really simplifying it. If you have something and it is supply related, you can say limited inventory and just put a label like that and let people know. If it's something you want to really use demand related to let people know if it's restocked, bestseller, high demand, those kind of labels indicate Time-related, of course, is just, you know, whatever the sale might be. And then limited edition could be all sorts of things, but it's going to have that feel as well. So that's a very long-winded answer, but hopefully that gives some uh, takeaways for some people. Yeah, I think that's great. And and the examples that you were given were, were products, but I assume it applies to services as well, that um, people does. that have a waiting list, um, that kind of is a supply shortage, I would guess. Yeah, so actually for that, it is it is so powerful with services, and I'm glad you brought that up. And I've seen it in my own professional life because let's say that you're a consultant, you know, and you only have so much time available. So naturally you are you do have some elements of scarcity because you can only work with so many clients at a time. Letting prospects know that, like when you're in your sales meetings with them, like, you know, I really do love your project. You know, I'm very particular on who I'll work with because I can only work with X amount of clients at a time. You'll be amazed saying that kind of thing in a meeting. And I know this firsthand, it will flip the meeting to the potential customer or client than trying to sell you on why they should be your client because now you've made yourself harder to get and you made yourself scarce. And so, so much of that does work on with services too. You know, and I think that when people look at scarcity, I think I remember actually having a conversation with somebody, you know, as I first started doing more and more marketing and I was like, Oh, I just don't want to do scarcity. It's just so gross and yucky. And one of the things that I liked that you talked about in your book was that not all scarcity gives a good customer impression and not all scarcity is good for sales or brands. You you talked about how some scarcity doesn't work or leaves a bad taste in people's mouths. Correct. And that, I mean, that was a big thing that I was really trying to put in my book because, you know, everything that I'm talking about, for scarcity to work, you need to be ethical with it, of course, and not just make things up, you know, say something scarce when it's truly not. Because in today's digital age, people will figure it out. And there is uh, one story that I'd come across, and it was this woman who had purchased a cosmetic item on a cosmetic e-commerce site. And so she was talking about that when she bought this item, it showed that there was only one left, like in red print, one left. As we know, a lot of e-commerce platforms can do that. They can show your inventory. And so just as she bought the product and then out of curiosity, she ended up refreshing. And then when she refreshed, it said that there was like five left. And she thought, well, maybe that was just some kind of glitch or something in their system. So she ended up going on Twitter and realized that a lot of customers talked about the same thing. So when really what ended up happening was this company, it appeared, was just 
falsely using scarcity. So they would just kind of play around with the different messaging when truly it wasn't an inventory shortage. They were just trying to have that sense of urgency. But again, because we all talk. So she went on Twitter and there was all kinds of, you know, bad <laughs> comments on there. She ended up posting on Reddit, you know, and I can't tell you how if it hurt the business or how much, but we can see those things. I mean, as customers, we can put reviews out there and trying to fix your reputation is going to be way harder than trying to just, you know, it's not going to be worth it, I should say, so that short-term sales gain you got. But how I like to look at scarcity is, to me, it's informing the customer too. You know, if something is truly running out of stock, I feel like as you know, customer, like you would want to know that. You know, you can, if you have an event and seats are selling out, sending an email to remind people of that, that's actually helpful and informational. So I like to think of it that way. But at the same time too, you can actually use the scarcity principle to build community and just have fun with your customers. I mean, that's what McDonald's does with their limited edition products. I think um, I think it was this week, or no, sorry, it was last, very, very recently, I should say. They came out with their adult Happy Meal. I don't know if you guys saw that. I actually tried to order one, but they were out of the toys. And I said, well, can I, go, can I just have the box? Yes. <laughs> and this was really funny because the person taking our order, all of a sudden I hear through the speaker, he goes, I would, but my manager is being very difficult. And he said, no. <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> but it made me want the box even more, of course, right? But it's fun. You know, it's a limited edition. It's fun. You know, you think about the McRib, you never know what's going to come out. And so it does create a lot of excitement and fun for customers. So you have to get out of the mindset that scarcity is just, you know, buy now or miss out forever. Not that you would say that, but, you know, that kind of mentality. You, you can have some fun. You can build community. You can be informative. <clears throat> From that perspective of um, like McDonald's offering things for a limited time, they're creating scarcity. They're creating that. Um, so it, it's not just, you know, your suppliers late shipping you something. So you're running out of stock. It's they're creating the, um, the demand because they're scarce um, because, because they know that scarcity is going to drive up sales. So um, are there ways that e-commerce entrepreneurs can create that same kind of thing? I mean, McDonald's obviously has a big marketing budget, but um, how, how can we, we create something like that in, in our, our own um, products with our own products? You know, it, there's a lot of different ways, you know, and I'm just going to just start throwing out ideas and maybe some of these will resonate with um, some people, you know, all of this doesn't have to be difficult. You know, I gave a big example with McDonald's, but it doesn't matter what kind of budget you have because a lot of this is just how can you be creative and think a little bit outside the box. So let's say you are, you know, e-commerce and you have different products, even doing different product bundles, which are limited time or limited edition bundles. You know, these products aren't always bundled together. Something like that is even a way to create that scarcity. And you're again, you're doing it in a very natural way. You are increasing demand, but it's not, it's a little bit easier. Depending on the company too, you could also do different collabs with another provider. So let's say this is more service related, but if you were in a service related business, partnering with another service and also doing some type of bundle, it's not going to cost you money, but it could be again a limited time offering that you have. So those are ways that are really easy to get into the limited time offerings. 
And then, of course, the other ones are, you know, doing those short-term promotions. You know, that's going to increase sales temporarily, but or can have a spike in sales. But what's really great when you do any kind of sales promotion. So when I say that, you know, I mentioned flash sale. It could be that. It could just it could be a, a coupon that you offer, or promo code, whatever it might be. But when you also promote that. It builds brand awareness as well because you're, you know, emailing, maybe you're texting. It's on your site. People share it, so you get brand awareness. So you get a little bit extra marketing boost there too. Well, I was thinking about the being fall of the year and all of the variations of products that come out that are somehow pumpkin spice related, and uh, <laughs> that's definitely limited edition. Absolutely. I know the pumpkin spice latte, which of course made it in my book because that's like the the classic example because it's actually a little bit – it's limited edition, but it's also a limited time. So it's time-related because it's only offered, you know, a certain time of year. So it's got a little bit of both going for it. But what's so fascinating about that and I included a bit in my book is just the craze. Like they're the first ones that started the whole pumpkin spice craze. You know, we have Starbucks to thank for that. And they've trademarked PSL, I found out too, because I was doing some research for the book. Just so everyone knows, that's trademarked. <laughs> what I love the antidotes, because I think it really helped, you know, you really helped demonstrate in the book, you know, like this is a type of false scarcity that leaves a bad taste. Here's something that does work um, because it, it it's, you know, it, it seems like from my perspective that depending on the type of customer you have and what the motivations are uh, that you're for your customer, you know, you want to think about there's, there might be a, there might be a, sca- a type of scarcity that works best for your particular client base. Would you say that's true or do you think I'm a little off there? No, absolutely true. And that's one thing that I was very specific about in the book is that not every type of scarcity, so I've already told you the different types, not all of them are going to work for all types of customers. So you have to know your customer. You have to know a bit about them. And that's what it, you know, just thinking about if you have a younger, when I say younger, so when you think about your customer base, if they trend more to like gen, uh, let's see, what what generations are we on now? I'm starting to l- lose track of them. So we got millennials and we got Gen Z. I almost threw out some random one. But okay, millennials and Gen Z. You know, with the younger customer like that, they really fall into the whole category of wanting to be unique and how I mentioned self-expression because they're on social media. They want to show to their friends like, okay, I have this, you know, kind of thing. And so that's where supply-related and limited edition come in huge. So if something is, again, has some restriction of some sort, and it could be something. And so this is where, you know, you got to just really think about how is this going to work? Maybe there are products that you do only release a certain amount at a given time. And so that would create supply related. You know, you don't want to keep doing things like that over and over with the same product or make it in a way that people are like, wait a minute, what are you doing here? But that's a way, again, that's going to really catch that type of attention. But I'd also say, since I'm on the, the concept of age right now, if you are going after an older customer, so more of their retirement years, scarcity doesn't work as well on that group because they're already have their favorite brands, they have their favorite products. And so if you're trying to highlight something and you're saying it's selling out fast by now, most likely they're just going to say, okay, yeah, no, thank you. I'll move on. Like that's just actually too much. And so you really 
you have to think about the ages, but you also have to think about the interests. And that's why I mentioned like if it's a group that really wants to conform to a certain, you know, group of individuals or aspire to be like others, that's where demand related is going to be huge. But one other thing, because I know I'm all over the place, but hopefully these are all really good examples for you. What I love like with demand related is it does go after, like I said, the people who want to conform. But at the same time, depending on what the product is, if it's a non-conspicuous good, so that would be something that we're not trying to wear or carry or drive that we're like, hey, look at me. That's that's conspicuous goods. But if it's you know something that's more of an everyday item, it, it, you can create that demand-related appeal that actually would reach a lot of people just by marking on your e-commerce site, this particular item is most popular. And that's something that 1-800-Flowers does. And so they, you know, I've interviewed the founder of the company and I have that interview in the book, but he talks about how they notate which arrangements are their best sellers or most popular. And he said, for the, us, we do that because it helps the customers, they are browsing the site because there's so many to choose from. And when they see that, they're like, okay, it actually helps them make that decision faster, which I'll tell you, as humans, we want to make fast decisions. Our brains are tired. <laughs> They're tired. They have so much information they have to process all the time and like just our digital age. And so um, those kind of things are really helpful. Um, you know, and one of the other things you talked about um, is in, in the book is that sometimes um, scarcity can help people like um, who might be overthinking purchase make, make like a rush, uh, make, make me like um, there was something you described about like where sometimes scarcity cause people to skip steps uh, and to like maybe to to make a purchase without thinking all the way through. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I thought that that was I think that that's something that people um, kind of overlook um, and there it does make it so there's an increased responsibility if you're using that tactic to make sure you really describe your product or your service really well. Right, and so that's. The mental shortcut. And I do. I have a whole chapter that's about mental shortcuts. So the thing with scarcity, you know, I've been given a lot of examples, but there is so much research on scarcity from the psychological angle, but also from the neurological angle. And there have been studies done that have used MRIs and put people into a situation where, you know, they're facing some type of scarcity. But when I say scarcity, things like they're bidding on an auction or they're having to make purchases. So they create these simulations, hook people up you know, in an MRI so they can actually see brain activity. And that's something you can't really argue with what's happening in the brain. You know, If you're doing a focus group, you might have different opinions and maybe that's really how the person felt or not. But when it's actually brain activity, can't argue with that. And so what these studies have found is that when someone is faced with a decision and they're also faced with scarcity that they skip the normal steps that they would take in the decision-making process. And so more activity goes to the side of the brain that's like act now, basically. And so again, it's been seen in neurological studies. Now with that same concept, you know, most of us, you know, as consumers, we're not going to like go online and shop and think to ourselves like, consciously, like, I am going to choose this product because it says bestseller or, you know, almost sold out. We're just going to do it. Like, it's just going to happen. It's subconscious. If we stop to think about it, we could probably figure out what happened, but it's subconscious because of going back to the brain activity, 
our brain processes so much information on a daily basis, and it's even more so now. And what's really interesting is that our brain is constantly looking for shortcuts because all those decisions we have to make. So when there's a signal that's that strong, that's showing this is something that other people are buying or that it's almost sold out, it just cuts straight to that. And so that's where from an e-commerce perspective, I look at it as if you're being truthful and honest about something, you know, that it is nearly sold out or it is most popular, that you're actually helping. You're helping your customers. You're helping them through that decision-making process and helping them, you know, make those faster purchases so they can move on to the next task that they have on their list. And that can help people. It can help people to get new customer acquisition. And, um, you know, and that's why sometimes days like, you know, we're recording this on primarily access day, you know, it'll take a little bit of time for us to get out. But things like Black Friday sales, they can have such a big spike in in sales because they are helping people kind of get those, those short, go through those shortcuts uh, and to make purchases uh, for products that maybe Maybe they, you know, they might not normally purchase on a on a regular day. Right, right, absolutely. Well, and well, the other thing though with Black Friday and Cyber Monday, and well, even with Amazon's Prime Day, there's also competition, and that's another part of scarcity. That's a side effect of scarcity. And that dates back to early humankind when there's only so many resources to go around. We compete for them. And that's another thing that's been shown through research is that we have a physiological reaction when we're faced with some form of scarcity. So it might not be that, okay, we're trying, we're concerned about where are we going to eat or sleep tonight? And that's the scarcity condition. I mean, it really does translate into even commerce, you know, where okay, wow, there's only, you know, it's a lightning deal and there's only how many left. Okay, I better jump on this now. I better get it before someone else gets it. So we start to get really competitive. And that reaction that we have, again, it's a physiological reaction where that's where our hearts might start to pound a little bit more, we might get a little sweaty. If you've ever shopped Black Friday and you've waited in the line to rush in the store, like, oh, you know, <laughs> there's like, you're running to get those items before other people do. So for those particular sales too, like there's that sense of competition um, that comes along with it too. It, that, that feeling of um, uh, of excitement reminds me of when tickets go on sale and you're trying to, to buy the tickets to your concert and you know there's a limited number and you've got to get in there quick. And, and like you said, your heart starts racing. Right. Or if you've another example, and this one... Okay, and um, I should have just said this out the gate. Okay, so I am a marketer. I have a lot of experience in marketing. I studied this whole topic. I wrote a book on it. But don't think for a second that I don't fall for scarcity. And I think that even shows how powerful it really is. Because I will tell you, like when I go on Etsy.com and I see that there's only so many left of this particular product, and then Etsy also shows me how many people have it in their shopping cart, that stresses me out <laughs> because like I have to make my decision now before that person I don't know gets this thing. And so it, it gets me almost every time. And, and I know, and I know what's happening and I'll, I'll still yeah. fall for it. Well, you know, and I think that kind of goes back to like, you know, when you, when you use scarcity in a good and ethical way, it can really 
provide this like really great experience for your customers and they can, you know, it does give them a little bit of a dopamine hit and uh, it can help introduce them to new products in your line or, uh, you know, like maybe into your brand altogether. And so scarcity doesn't have, you know, sometimes there can be, you know, like the negative, uh, like associations that are like, cause you know, we've all been to like, you know, like where somebody's put in this false scarcity that's gross and pressury and it doesn't feel good, but scarcity done well is a benefit to both sides, not just to one side. Absolutely. And okay. Can I tell you, you just made me think of a study that goes so much with what you said. So there was a study done and um, I'll just tell you the outcome without, you don't need all the details, but the study basically found that the level of oxytocin, which is considered the love hormone, that it was higher among the study participants when they got a coupon versus when they like reflected (laughs) on their first kiss. (laughs) So there's that. (laughs) More love in the world with your coupon. Um, Yeah. So help your – Yep. So you know what? You want to share the love with your customers. You give them coupons and that oxytocin <laughs> is just going to just gonna go. So. <laughs> and I'm just telling you, the research is out there. That's interesting. I, um, you know, one of the pieces of advice I give my clients who, who have a tendency to overspend is, uh, t- is to put, put off buying and kind of to create, um, create some distance with themselves and scarcity and, and say, you know, I'll go get that tomorrow. And so um, I, I think there's some psychological aspect of giving yourself, if you're one of those people that buy things that you don't need and, um, and spend more money than you should, which is the kind of consulting that I do. One of the pieces of advice that I give is, is, you know, just wait till tomorrow and then, then decide. And um, so uh, some sometimes folks need to to realize that um, that that they do have a little bit more control too. Yeah, and just piggybacking on what you said, you know, one of the things too is scarcity, and as you can tell, there's so much. You know, there's scarcity also works because we have that fear of missing out or FOMO. You know, we feel like if we don't buy this now and we lose our opportunity, we're gonna we're gonna feel regretful about it. We're gonna be upset about it. And what's interesting with that, and again, there's just so much research on the subject, is that, yes, you will have a feeling of regret. You will. However, based on what we found doing studies is that feeling of regret is short-term. So you might regret right away, oh, I wish I bought that, but you're not going to feel like that you know, down the road. And so I totally agree with your advice from the consumer standpoint that's also what I tell people, you know, because kind of flipping back and forth and you think about, well, how can I like not fall for scarcity tactics? We'll step back, wait a little bit. Yeah, wait a, a day, two days, maybe even a week to decide if you are purchasing that because you really wanted it or needed it or because you were getting caught up in the fact that it was scarce. And so just understanding that that feeling of regret if, that you might have, it's not going to be long term. Yeah, that's one of the the decision making tools that I I recommend to people is is this going to matter you know in ten minutes, um, ten months or ten years? And sometimes if you just get yourself a little bit of space, you can you can think a little bit exactly. more clearly about it. Exactly right. So then you know that you're you're not your mind is not just reacting that you're choosing this because you truly wanted to. And, you know, I think that it's, you know, as, you know, uh, I know all three of us are mothers. I 
you know, like when my kids are listening to commercials, you know, like there's sometimes where I'm like, well, what are they selling? You know, if there's their product is free, what are they selling? I try to also highlight to help make them better consumers. Like, you know, they're like, well, this is going to sell out. This is going to sell out. And I was like, all right, do you really want it because you want it or you want it because you're afraid you won't be able to have it? In um, helping them make better decisions, so I think from you know it's it's good for us to learn as marketers how to utilize that, but it's also good kind of like you said for us to know for you know for our own and you know to teach our kids so that we can make better decisions with our money and you know, even as a business owner you know there's a lot of like you know the new hot course or the new software tool where they use that scarcity and I'm sure Cindy can attest to this where people are like oh well I'm afraid I won't be able to get this price again and they have a three hundred a month software that they haven't used in three years, but they're afraid they won't be able to get it at the same price. Yeah. And I, you know, thinking about what you just said about your kids, I mean, just the other day I had that situation with my 13 year old and he's funny, like both of my kids. Cause yeah, I mean, they've been so exposed to marketing tactics cause I'm always explaining everything to them. And I think they're, yeah, they, they always roll their eyes at me at this point because they're teenagers too. But my 13-year-old was totally getting caught up in something because he wanted to buy something for his game. And he's like, you don't understand. It's only available today only and it's 50% off, but I don't <laughs> get it. And I did stop and tell him, I'm like, listen, I go, you need to sleep on it and think about it because – I bet you anything that that sale will still be there or another company will have it on sale. And sure enough, the next day, I think that one particular company, they didn't have the sale anymore, but he found another one. And I can't even tell you exactly what it was because <laughs> it was a video game related thing. And I get really confused on all of that. I just know it was a lot of money for him. But he was still like he had the option to buy it. And you know what? He actually decided he didn't want it anyway. So I'm like, you know, see, sometimes you have to stop and think about it. Give yourself time and space. That's what I love the advice that's given here. Yeah, my, my thing is getting in the car and driving to Home Depot. And I'll say, um, do I really need that today? I think I'll go tomorrow. And and then the next day, I'm like, mm, I think I'll go tomorrow. And, and if I keep putting it off, then at some point, I'm like, what was I even going to Home Depot for? You know, <laughs> just uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and right, right. there's so much of it all around us that sometimes we don't even tune into it because it's just part of the air we breathe. You know, we don't, you know, we, it's just something that becomes kind of like the, like the, you know, the background of our life. But when you start to really look at it, especially, you know, like freshly reading off of Power of Scarcity that, you know, Mindy has written, um, you can kind of see all of these different places where scarcity is being used effectively and ineffectively, you know, in all of the products that we're exposed to from day to day. We need to figure out how we can um, get the book from Mindy and how we can get a hold of her. Yeah. Okay. I can definitely tell you that. So uh, you can actually get order the book. It's if you just go straight to powerofscarcity.com. So that's powerofscarcity.com. That's also the name of the book. So if you Google it, you're going to see it too. But if you go straight to that um, particular domain, that's going to take you to a page where you can order the book from whichever bookseller you prefer. But also when you're on that website, um, you're going to see my contact information, a little bit more about what I do and what I talk about. Because as much, I mean, scarcity fascinates me, but psychology and business fascinate me because we're all, I mean, we're humans. If you can understand the psychological reasons of why we do things, you're going to be phenomenal and, in business. you know, it. What is the the best way, like, if you could give one more, like, parting piece of advice, like, if somebody's, like, especially as we're heading into Q4, and a lot of people are going to be really using scarcity, 
um, you know, to market their products? What would be the one thing that you're like, man, if you, somebody has a physical product, this is the one piece of advice that I would give them heading into Q4? So having one physical product, you know, just thinking about – that's a really good question. I mean <clears> – all right, I'm going to give myself a second to think about one thing because there's so many things. <laughs> so – All right. So to answer that question, if you have one physical product and you could do something, based on all the different types of scarcity that I told you about, time-related is the most versatile one of all. So having it where that particular product, you do a promotion for that product, but it needs to be one that you're not going to continue to use over and over. But when I say promotion, it could be you buy that product and you also get a discount on something else or you buy this product right now and there is a percentage discount or there's something else that they get an incentive really for buying that. So time-related is so versatile and doesn't really cost you anything. And if it's that one product, I mean, yes, if you're doing a promotion, you know, it can affect a bit of your margins, but you're going to be selling more. And it's brand awareness because you're letting people know. So you're actually marketing your overall brand itself. So it's very, very helpful and That's awesome. And so if you are, you know, you're looking for something to read, maybe over the the Veterans Day weekend holiday, kind of get ready for your Q4, maybe like making some last minute adjustments to the deals that you're planning, the sales, promotions, coupons that you're doing on and off Amazon, I'd highly recommend getting the Power of Scarcity. Uh, Mindy, it comes out November 8th, correct? Correct. So November 8th, it will be released. But you can, you know, if you're listening to this a little bit early, you, then you can always um, pre-order it. But I would, I would recommend reading it before you finalize the last, the, you know, your promotions over the last little bit. Of course, if you've already submitted seven day deals and all of that, then you will have done that by now. But as you're looking for how do you want to finish off the marketing year and for you to start strategizing for the following year of you know, inventory levels and how you could potentially use scarcity uh, in a way that's authentic and a good experience for both you and the customer. I'd highly recommend um, going to, it was the powerofscarcity.com, right? Correct. Powerofscarcity.com. So this again, this has been Dr. Mindy Weinstein. Mindy, thank you so much for coming on and sharing with people. Um, I know that you were, you've worked with really, really large brands and emerging brands and being able to kind of share not only from your experience of marketing, but also your amazing research and um, your, you know, that came as about of is you becoming a, and congratulations on your PhD as well, um, which I know I've said privately, but is a, a obviously a big deal. And um and I th- and you can get your her products and a variety her her um, books and book in a several different areas uh, several places so thepowerofscarcity.com. Uh, Cindy, is there anything else that I that I'm forgetting? No, I, I really enjoyed it, Mindy. I look forward to getting my copy and um and seeing how I can apply some of this to my business too. So thanks for thanks for putting the work in to to make this accessible for us. I look forward to reading it. <laughs> Thank you. This has been another episode of the Process to Econ Profits podcast, where we hope you have a prosperous week. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Process to Ecom Profits podcast. Make sure you subscribe to get updates for new episodes. Leave a review, and one lucky winner each month will win a one-hour call with your choice of our hosts, a value of over $300. Keep listening to hear the winner announce on the first show of the month. 
You can contact our hosts by using the contact us form at process ecomprofits.com. You can also find the contact information of our hosts and show guests in the show notes for each episode. 